When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Player Profiler Faithful, it's Maddie Kiwum. Welcome to episode 23 of The Game Plan. I have a no doubt grade A fantastic show queued up for each and every one of you listeners. Episode 23 will not be a solo show. Nope, I have a very, very special guest lined up here today. And we are breaking down how to go about taking over an orphan roster in Dynasty Leagues, boys and girls. So, gang, get your pen and pad. Let's start game planning to win in your Dynasty Leagues. Planners, my guest today is a writer and podcaster. He is a senior analyst here at Player Profiler. This honestly has nothing to do with football, but it's super, super cool. Today's guest is a phenomenal classically trained chef, and he can make custom furniture. So if I get a cool piece behind me, you know it's from my boy right now. Oh, and he is a fellow Red Sox fan. So if you notice me sitting back and just broing out with him, that is the reason why I'm talking about Mr. Fantasy, who just made his debut on the network this week. Mr. Nate Povo, what's going on, my brother? What is up, Maddie? It is good to see you. You can't see it in this shot, but I've got this little Red Sox Mardi Gras hanging oh, out there straight from New Orleans. So it's good to be here, man. I'm, I'm stoked to talk. We've got some uh, fun things to talk about mm-hmm. today, some good information, and it's always a pleasure to be on cam with you, my friend. Yes, very excited to collab again. We did a starter stream show uh, during the season. Ton of fun, so I was very, very excited to have you on the game plan. And what I like to do here in the game plan, a little behind the scenes, is I would like to talk with the guests to kind of get a, a good vibe of what we want to talk about. And they brought up a super cool topic, which is taking over an orphan roster in Dynasty. Super important this time of year because, you know, people be dropping out of leagues, and they might ask you, hey, Nate, Hey, would you take over this roster? Hey, what are you doing? You want to take this team? He, we're going to go over all the ins and outs and all that good stuff on what is best practices when taking over an orphan roster in Dynasty. But, Nate, you didn't know this. I got a surprise question that I like to ask my guests. I don't put it on the show sheet because I think in the moment is the best way to ask it. So before we dive into today's topic, I got to ask you, how long have you been playing fantasy football and Follow-up question, how would you describe your fantasy management style? So this is going to really date me here. Uh, Mm. I played in my first fantasy league in 1992. So I've been playing for, this will be my 31st season. My man. 2023. Um, My general is, I'm just a fluid manager. I Mm -hmm. don't have any one specific strategy I adhere to. Cause I'm in so many different leagues right now. I mean, I think we're at 26 and every format's different. I've got one league where 
it's a double super flex, double tight end. Plus you have to start a quarterback in addition with a bunch of crazy rules. So that's going to be different than a standard super flex, which is going to be different than an IDP, which is going to be different than like, say a tight end premium league. Mm -hmm. You've got wide receiver premium leagues, running back premium leagues. It's all over the place. Uh, It really is from a league to league because even managers are different and that can change your strategy as far as like what you can do in trades, what you can do in drafts. So, I'm just, I'm fluid. I, I take it on a league by league basis. That's a great way to do it. And I think overall, the best way to play fantasy is to not be rigid in your practices. Obviously, have a framework on how you like to go about business. That makes total sense. But if you could be fluid and play in all the different leagues, like you just mentioned, all of a sudden you're kind of a chameleon type where, you know, you could take over an orphan roster and, uh, you know, adapt to it and try to build a winner. So that is a great thing to do. So you've been playing now for a long time. What's, give me like just one quick, uh, story about of uh, maybe one of these players that these youngins don't remember, something like that. Well, my first pick was Randall Cunningham, was the okay. first player I ever drafted. Obviously, I didn't know anything because it was one QB standard scoring. Yes, literally, we wrote the scores mm-hmm. in pencil on paper. Um, but Cunningham was a stud, man. I fell in love with him because he was the first non Broncos player I saw play in mm-hmm. person. Went to a Broncos Eagles game when I was a kid and. I was just enamored by his speed and his quickness. Uh, he's probably one of my favorite players. I, I won the league that year. So. Yes. Konami code quarterback before Konami code Absolutely. was even a damn thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cunningham's a stud. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I'm glad to have someone on the show that has been playing for so long. I've been playing for probably 10 plus years i've been like super serious about it for 10 but i've been playing longer than that so you know as the years pile up you remember these seasons where you're like you know i remember when ben tate was my running back too Mm -hmm. i remember when randall cunningham was my first overall pick so it's awesome to kind of get those memories and kind of bank them so uh it just helps build uh fantasy football in terms of your knowledge and, and your adaptability all that good stuff so that's that's great uh so why don't we just dive right on into today's show Taking over a dynasty roster, taking over an orphan. You know, someone reaches out, they say, hey, would you like to take its team? Someone just bounced. So first question I'd like to ask is just your general thoughts on on taking an orphan over that type of thing. What are your general thoughts on that? So I care less about the team and more about who the other managers are in the league. And Mm -hmm. am I going to enjoy being in this league? Because I've gotten into leagues where it's not as fun just because the managers are either confrontational uh, Mm. rude people you just kind of don't know so there's no interaction in the league I care more about who is in the league than what the roster looks like because honestly the first orphan I ever took over uh, my quarterbacks were Drew Locke and Deshaun Watson and this was the head of the season where we knew Deshaun it was before last season where we knew Deshaun Mm. Watson wasn't going to play and um, I still took it because I liked everybody in the league right that's a that's a super a uh, good point to bring up. Uh, I think an important one too, because I didn't even think about that when we were putting together the show notes. I wasn't even thinking in terms of the league structure. Who's in the league? You don't want to be playing with a bunch of jerks, a bunch of guys who just all they do is yap 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 yap. And I also love trading, so I wouldn't want to play in a league with a bunch of sticklers, a right. bunch of set it and forget it guys. So that's a a very very good point. So my next question is: Do you have a favorite format? when taking over roster do you prefer looking for best ball or super flags one qb you mentioned how flexible you are as a fantasy manager so maybe that doesn't really matter but what are your thoughts on the format of the team in which you're taking it over you know like you said i play in so many different formats i don't really care what the format is um i do tend to shy away a little bit from idp because i'm not as experienced mm. with it i'm in four already so <laughs> <laughs> i don't really want it but i have four 
Well, here's the thing. My first dynasty league was IDP. Yeah. First dynasty league I ever did. First startup draft I ever did was IDP and I'd never cool. done it before. Uh, I co-manage it with my wife still, Jen, and we won the league the first season. So, nice. <laughs> but it's just with all the other stuff that I do on a daily basis, as far as like grading and valuations and breakdowns, getting into that IDP side is just a little tough, Yeah, but it's still fun, but I will shy away from IDP depending. Uh, yeah. But again, if it's a bunch of people I love and want to play with, I'll probably just take it anyway. Figure it out, right? You kind of yep. set it up on the fly. I don't play in any IDP leagues. I'm looking to get in uh, my man, Jason. He he has a pretty big IDP league that I'm just hoping for someone to back out so I can take over and over in that league. And maybe even use some of the tips we talk about today in capitalizing. But if you have one little bit of advice for a guy who's never played IDP, what one thing of advice, one quick thing of advice would you give someone green in that format? Tackle volume. Tackle, tackle volume. volume. Tackle volume matters. Tackle the, you want to look at these defenses and these players who are around the ball a lot. Okay. So guy like a guy like Von Miller in his prime, he was somebody you wanted because he was always around the ball. He found the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, these days, it's guys like TJ Watt because he's always in the play. And the more tackles these guys get, the higher point totals you're going to get out of them. Interceptions are nice. Fumble recoveries, whatever. Great. But it's really going to be tackles. That's the okay. number one most important stat in IDP. Okay. All right. That's good to know. All right. So, Jason, if you're listening or watching, I'm coming for you if I get in that league. <laughs> My next question, is it better to start making like a bunch of moves, you know, bull in the china shop type of approach, or should you be patient when you take over an orphan roster? You know, it depends on how bad the roster is. Um, I've stepped into some orphans that were actually in pretty good shape and I didn't have to do much. Uh, one specifically this season I took to the championship, didn't win. John Helmkamp just absolutely destroyed me. Um, <laughs> boy, that was fun. But it really does depend. Um, if your team's in bad shape, start making moves immediately capitalize on values of players that are only going to go up as we get into like OTAs and trading mm-hmm. camp. And as the season starts that you can get for lesser and maybe take a shot on a uh, guy I've been kind of pounded the drum for in that regard this week is Jarek McKinnon simply because we saw how valuable he was to the chiefs offense. He's 31. He's going to be 32. There aren't going to be a lot of teams hot on him in free agency. I think he stays in Kansas city, but people are seeing Mm. that age and they're devaluing him where I think he could be a huge part of that offense with Isaiah Pacheco next season, get him cheap. Now, if it doesn't pan out, most dynasty rosters have pretty deep benches and you can probably recover because you're going to give up maybe a third round pick for McKinnon. Right. Okay. No, that's a good point. Go after the guys who might not have massive value on the surface, but could go through certain, uh, you know, bumps, certain rocky, I, I like to call them launching pads throughout the offseason. Yep. Guys who may switch teams, get traded, or go to a situation that's an improvement. So that's a very good uh, possibility. Now, me personally, I like to be, you know, that new CEO taking over a new company. I'm cleaning house, making moves, trying to get guys that are like my guys right off the bat. Obviously, trying to uh you know take value very much in mind but i like to come and rattle it up you know try to put my stamp on it right away uh i don't know if that's better i i could imagine it might not be but that's just what i kind of like to do is just get in there and just start making it feel like a like a kiwoom team you know what i mean get my stank on it see now that was my strategy last year excuse me but that has shifted this year because my guy last year one of my big guys was jd mckissick and he was he was my most rostered running back thanks dynasty planet for giving me that shame (laughs) um and my my second most rostered quarterback was davis mills so um this season i'm i'm 
as I'm taking over teams, which I'm only going to take over one or two because I've already got a ton yeah. of teams, as you as I stated here, um, I'm going to be really careful about that. I don't want to be too invested in one player unless it's like Josh Allen, you know, a guy you know, or Patrick Mahomes, you know, is going to hit. I'm going to be careful about those under the radar guys. But unfortunately, in a lot of leagues where I had McKissick, it was that situation, mm-hmm. like I'm saying with Jarek McKinnon, where I had a deep bench that didn't really hurt me. If he had right. taken off, it would have been great. But I still won some ships with him on my roster. So Right. And I think it's a, a you know when you bring that point up I think that's something I'm absolutely going to take to heart and something I put into my practices because it's almost like a win-win. You know, you can get these guys like you said a third round pick for McKinnon or I'm sure when you were paying for McKissick it wasn't costing you a whole lot. You were just right. gathering those assets, you were putting those guys like I said putting your stank on that team, getting them kind of in your vein of how you like to see your roster. And if it doesn't pan out, like you said JD McKissick isn't sinking the ship. He ain't right. going to be the guy that takes it down. He ain't the iceberg. But you get him on your roster and he hits. All of a sudden, these orphan rosters, you've got a guy that you can insert into your lineup playing week in and week out. And also, when you when it's your guy, you feel like, ah, I found this guy, brought him brought him aboard. And, you know, kind of boosts team morale. I know they have no idea that you're on your roster, but it does bring up like that that pretend morale in the team. So yep. uh, I think that's uh, something I'm definitely going to be doing in, in any orphan situations where not just going after the – expensive players that I do like to have on my roster, but kind of targeting a handful of guys who could come cheaply may not pan out, but again, it won't sink my chances at the ship, but it can also really, really help them if they pan out. So I I really, really think that's a good point to take home and and think about. Um, My next question is what is like the first thing? So someone comes up to you. They're like, Hey Nate, I got a team. I think you'd be great in this league. We got a bunch of cool guys. You know, you know a few of them. It's going to be a really good time. So you're you're going to gel with the management in in this league. What's the first thing you're looking on that roster before you accept or deny or go? And eh, this isn't my my cup of tea. What's the first thing you're looking for? Well, so I look at draft picks because so I want to see mm-hmm. if this person is sold off a lot of draft picks. If they've acquired a ton of draft picks. And if it's bare in the draft pick department and the roster is crap, that doesn't give you a lot of leverage to really improve off the bat. You're Mm going to have to move parts for draft picks, which is going to be hard if your roster isn't great and you feel like you need them. That's a red flag to me. That's a, this person bailed because they knew they put themselves in a bad situation. They took too many risks on players and they don't know what to do. And if it's a money league, like that's really hard for me to get into that and want to know that it's going to take me two to three seasons to rebuild this team because right. I've got to build back draft picks to get play. That can be a mess. I might still take it over just for the challenge, but that's going to be something that's going to really make me pause and think, do I want to take over this team? You know what? You kind of hit two things uh, on the head here, so I'll kind of just combine it all together. First thing I look for in terms of the roster is superstars. I want to just see if there are building blocks or guys that I could sell for a package and really start to fill out my roster, get a little bit of fat there on the depth side. So that's the first thing I look for. The second thing I look for that's not on the roster is what you just talked about, the buy-in. If the buy-in isn't, you know, say 100 bucks, do I want to be that charitable? You know, give this league $300? Before I'm competitive, right? No, but you know, if it's a fifty dollar league, a twenty five dollar league, like yeah, okay, I can I can invest a couple of years. I can take the slow approach, and I'm not over here just shelling out money bags for the rest of right. those guys. You know, you don't want to do that. So uh, uh, that's kind of the two things I'm looking for. But you mentioned red flags, okay? So lack of draft assets is absolutely the number one red flag to me. 
You don't want to go to a team who basically sold for the ship. They don't leave you a whole lot of meat on the bone, and now you're kind of lost. You, what do I do? How do I turn? You know, how do I squeeze blood from a stone? And having no draft assets, man, that's a massive red flag. So you bring up no assets. Are there any other red flags that really can stick out to you whenever taking over an orphan roster? That's the that and a lack of depth at quarterback. That's a hard one, especially if it's right. a, if it's a super flex league and there's just nothing. At quarterback, that's hard. Uh, I know that because I've dealt with it, and I somehow limped into a championship this year and acquired quarterbacks. Not quite sure how I did it. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to go back and look. But th- that's maybe the hardest thing. If you if you take over a super flex and your quarterbacks are awful, I mean, guys who are retired, not starters, second string, guys that maybe you projected would start that are just aren't getting there. And if you have an empty taxi squad, that's another one. Mm-hmm. If you don't have guys taxied, that's concerning because it means you did a poor job of drafting and now you don't have any picks either. And that having a taxi squad and having that buffer of guys that maybe could help you, like maybe could take off. Like you got Jaylani woods last season. Mm-hmm. You've got him on taxi and we saw what he did at the end of the season and how he got involved in the, in the offense. That's a little cushion at tight end. And mm-hmm. if it's, you don't have those cushions that it can make the rebuild process a lot more difficult. Right, and the taxi squad is one of the, I would say, probably one of the most underrated parts of taking over an orphan roster. A lot of people don't go, you know, they'll scroll down and check to see what's on the taxi squad. Some of that might be because by the time you take over the roster, they've already shifted those guys into the actual roster. But yeah, I mean, if you look at their taxi squad, it's a bunch of guys who are in the playing this weekend in the XFL, you yep. know, a bunch of UFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFF
We are going to break down a, an orphan roster live on the air, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about once this roster is revealed. So before we do that, before we get into all that, any last bit of advice that you want to give to our listeners about taking over a dynasty roster? Uh, any just last bit notes? And, you know, we have gone through a whole bunch of these things now. I think you've mentioned uh, some great, great tips and great advice. But any last things that we haven't covered that people should know? If it's not going to be fun for you, then just don't do it. And don't be mm. afraid to, if you take one over, you have a horrible season with it. Don't be afraid to pass it on to somebody else. This is all supposed to be fun. That's the whole point mm -hmm. of playing fantasy football. So if you're not going to enjoy it, don't do it. And make sure the biggest thing for me is make sure you're going to like your league mates. Right. Right, because like you said, it's fun. Fantasy, I think for some people, can kind of get away from them. It becomes too stressful. It can keep people up at night. People care too much. They take it personal, whatever. It's supposed to be fun. We're supposed yeah. to enjoy this. If you can have fun being in 40 leagues, be in 40 leagues. If yeah. you are a one-league person, be a one-league person. There's no need to overextend yourself. No need to, like you said, play with a bunch of jerks, play with guys who are just running their mouth, not having fun, and that's not going to be fun for you. If that's not fun, take yourself out of it. And I think what you just mentioned might be the most important thing that anyone listening should take away from this conversation. If the team is unfixable and you've completely hated your experience in that season, don't be afraid to walk away. They'll find somebody else. They can take over this cursed roster. Don't put yourself where this, you know, your dislike of this roster can almost poison your entire fantasy kind of outlook where you're like, just ugh, you get jaded. You just get upset. You hate the people in the league that can kind of, you know, pour into your other league. So I think that's a good point to absolutely, you know, like the people you're playing with, have a roster that you have some faith in. And just make sure you're having fun throughout the process because fantasy is supposed to be fun. Now, Nate, I'm so glad I brought you on today. So I put out the back call. You know, I put out the signal to everybody in the underworld, everybody in play with Profile Nation. Send me your orphan roster because I got the great Mr. Fantasy on the show today, and we are going to break it down. And then it hit me like a light bulb. I'm sitting at home, sitting on the couch, and I was like, bing, a light bulb pops in my head. I said, you know what? I just took over possibly the worst roster I have ever seen in a dynasty league. I just took over an, or an orphan where I just ignored all the red flags, blew past all the warning signs that we just talked about, and I still said yes because the buy-in was, I think it was free even. I don't think I paid anything for this buy-in. But I took over this dynasty roster, and we're going to talk about it, and I'm going to pick your brain on what I should do. This is a 16-team super flex league. Two tight ends starting with a 0.5 tight end premium. It is PPR. You mentioned not taking over a team with only one viable quarterback. I took over a team with zero <laughs> viable quarterbacks in Superflex best ball. I might be very charitable here in these next couple of seasons. I don't know where to go, so I'm so glad to have you on today that we can kind of chop it up, maybe make some sense of this roster, and here it is. Right here. It might be tough to see in the screen, so let me go ahead and talk about the better players on this roster. So, like I said, no startable QBs. My QBs, Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco, Malik Willis. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Some of the good players that I have, Damian Pierce, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Godwin, Drake London, Gabe Davis. I do have Mark Andrews, who's you know very valuable in this format, given the two starter tight ends and the tight end premium. Uh, on the bench, I do have some decent players, Brian Robinson, James Cook, uh, and that's about it. I do have my draft pretty much in stock. 
I, I did notice that when I took it over that the traffics were there. Is it going to be enough to save me? Not year one, not at all. I did make one move. So I'm going to tell you the move. Maybe you can give me some criticisms on that move, and then I'm going to absolutely need to pick your brain on what to do next with this horrific roster. I mean, we are basically a country apart. I'm in Massachusetts. You're in Colorado. You could probably smell this thing from my heart. That's how <laughs> bad this roster smells. But a trade I did just pull up, I had Debo Samuel. And basically my process here is fight tooth and nail to expand my roster. Take good players, trade them for two or three players that might not even be anywhere near as good, but I just need to fill my roster, especially because of the best ball format. You will get value from guys you don't expect from because they have two catches. Both of them are touchdowns. One for went for over 50 yards, something like that. So I took Debo Samuel and I traded him away for James Cook, the 202 in this year's rookie draft, and an additional fifth round pick. What do you think about that? And then we'll talk about where else I should go. So I, that was a good move. <clears throat> I'm all for it. Debo Samuel is a great football player. He's just not a phenomenal fantasy asset. And he's proven that because he's fairly inconsistent. Like you said, uh, that's a really good trade. I love James Cook. I love James Cook. I'm really hoping that the Bills can find a way to get Bijan into the blue, white, and red to pair with James <laughs> Cook. I've seen it mocked. I've oh, mocked sure. it. I've mocked it myself a few mm-hmm. times. Um, I, the, I love James Cook. Look, this roster isn't as bad as you think it is, Maddie. Really? Because like, really, I'm, it, I'm it thinking really I might isn't. have to make that call. Like, hey, I know I told you I'd take it over, uh, but, you know, uh, I'm going to ghost it. So I like Zonovan Knight. He showed flashes of being able to be kind of that, like, change of pace back consistently once Brees Hall's back. But mm-hmm. we don't know when Brees Hall's going to come back. Right. Likely, likely week one. We'll see because the Jets seem dumb enough to try and rush him back. But right. we, we also may not see him till week six or seven. And when we do see Brees Hall, we know players coming off this ACL tear tend to have a slow start their first season back. We saw it with Saquon last year. So I think Knight has some really good value, enough that maybe you could possibly move him for okay. a quarterback. If you combo him with a pick, you might be able to get a quarterback out of that. Um, other players I'd be looking to move here, I'd probably move Gabe Davis. Okay. Um, I've, I've heard grumblings that the bills instead of doing what I want them to do might go after a wide receiver like Jordan Addison or Jackson Smith and Jabe. Um, I think Gabe Davis is kind of like we all get so hyped about Gabe Davis, man. And yeah. then it just never really pans out. But the positive thing is people are hyped about Gabe Davis again. I don't really know why it doesn't make a whole okay. lot of sense to me, but I'd move Gabe Davis before his value plummets about mid season. Like it usually does. Other than that, dude, I mean, really, you've got Brian Robinson, who I think is going to have a big year. I really like the B enemy signing, and I think that's going to be huge for Brian mm-hmm. Robinson. And we know Rivera wants him involved in the offense. Same thing with Kyron Williams, man. I think he's a good back to have on your roster. I think that there's a good chance he could pop off. Like McVay was really embarrassed by this past season and how poorly they came out and mm-hmm. played. I think Kyron Williams showed flashes of being that kind of like number two back. I think Cam Akers can probably shoulder the load it looks like and mm-hmm. it looks like he's aiming towards that but Kyron Williams dude he could be a solid play and if he kind of pops off the first few weeks of the season you can move him maybe you can shore up your quarterback situation that way really outside of quarterback I'm not that unhappy with this you've got Jaylani Woods which I love I know it's I funny that we brought that. up Woods and then I was like oh right. I actually have to be on the stage and I mean really with with that 108 you might be able to get a guy like Will Levis depending on what your league looks like that's what I'm hoping. I'm or, hoping so badly that because of the two tight ends starting, 
Michael Mayer goes to, let's say, the Bengals. He goes to like a premier landing spot. I'm hoping he can creep up around the 105, where that could maybe push back if Richardson or Levis goes to a less desirable location. That's I think, what I'm praying on. I think Richardson ends up in Tampa Bay, honestly. You think he fall? I see. I don't even know if he'll be there at 19. I think the team's going to have to come up. It's, he's going to look great at the combine and stuff. So, I mean, but I, regardless of where he lands in the NFL, he's definitely going to be targeted in fantasy, giving his running ability. Yes. The guy is has been the gym shorts and t shirt hero so far in the process, throwing absolute lasers on the practice field. So, he's definitely going to be one of those guys where. Depends on the temperature in the draft room. He could go any as high as 102, as low as the 110. So being at the 108. I mean, Zach Wilson went 102. Right. So right. <laughs> yeah, anything's, right. anything's possible, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mormon Mahomes, one throw in right. BYU, and now he's the number two overall pick. Boy. Gonna yeah. Place. <laughs> I mean, honestly, man, I think that you could win with this roster this year. I think that there are some things you could do to get yourself into contention. It's going to be a little bit tougher because it's 16 team, it is. which I tend to, when people tell me it's a 16 team league, are you interested? I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but Uh-oh. I, I'm also, I'm in a 20 team dynasty league, which is, that's just, so silly. you're not allergic to it, but you do try to stay away from those. Leagues. I like to keep it at the 12 team, you know? Yeah. Somewhere around there. I mean, did, and do we know what's going on with Matt Ryan? He said he wants to play. What that means to an NFL roster, I'm assuming he might come on as like that veteran backup. But we saw Joe Flacco be usable for a month. Yep. That's probably the best type of outlook for Matt Ryan this That's year. That's funny because I was going to say, are we looking at this like a Joe Flacco arc for the rest of Matt yeah. Ryan's career? Yeah. Probably, I mean, that, realistically, right. it probably is. Yeah. So th- this is kind of where my mind's at. So le- now that I got you here, we're talking about this roster. Kind of the way I've tiered out this roster is Lamb and London are my those are my building blocks. If someone's going to come to me, I'm going to have to win the trade to the point where they're probably going to say no. If they're any type of logical fantasy manager, they're going to look at my offer and laugh because that's how high I'm valuing them. I believe they're young enough, and I think they are absolute building blocks in this format. Godwin, Andrews. And Damian Pierce, those guys I am valuing pretty highly, but they're available. Those guys are absolutely available because I would like to turn, you know, if I could turn Damian Pierce into Kenneth Gainwell in a second, something like that I'm looking to do. I just want to take assets and expand them. I want to kind of blow them up as best as possible and just get as much depth. Uh, But uh, other than that, you know, Gabe Davis absolutely will sell. Uh, probably for 75 cents on the dollar, if I'm being honest. Same thing with Raheem yeah. Mostert. Uh, Irv Smith has gotten a tight, a tiny bit of interest because of the format. But to me, I don't think I'll get anything worthy. I think he was going to be a throw-in. So yeah. maybe I'll wait and see to see, you know, see if, if Thielen gets hurt or they cut him or something happens where the roster is in shambles a bit in Minnesota and he kind of can benefit from that chaos. I want to stick to Jelani Woods. I've had people sniff around Jelani. And – He's not untouchable in this roster, but he's going to feel that way because I'm not going to give him away. He's not a throw-in. I think that if they were to get a Will Levis, if they're going to get a quarterback that elevates this entire offensive unit, I think Woods showed enough last year given his size and his speed. And would he catch three or four touchdowns? Like He had a pretty good rookie year for a tight end. So those are kind of where I'm sticking at. Brian Robinson, James Cook, Zonovan Knight, all those guys, they're – they're probably on the same page as Jelani. I'm not 
opposed to moving him, but I'm also not advertising it because I just don't think I'm going to get nearly the value that I would need to make a trade in this depth of league. But I have to ask, what the hell do I do at quarterback? How do I get a quarterback in Superflex, this deeper roster? How do I get my hands on a quarterback without completely overpaying? That's a good question. I don't know that you're going to be able to, but it's going to be worth the overpay. I think in my opinion, if you can get a good quarterback, I wouldn't go crazy. You're not going to get, obviously, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, unless somebody is desperate at another position. And if if one of those teams is desperate at another position, maybe kick the tires on it and see if you can get a little bit of a discount because they need something that badly. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going after – you can get Derek Carr for pretty cheap right now. We know he's going to be a starter next season. Um, Maybe roll the dice on Sam Howell since it sounds like he's going to be the starter in Washington. And now we've got the enemy, so that could be a little bit of an unlock for Howell. I believe that he's got the tools around him to be a talented quarterback with Terry McLaurin. He's got Curtis Samuel. We've got Jahan Mm -hmm. Dotson there. I think those are two quarterbacks that might be worth the risk that you can underpay for Mm -hmm. right now that might have a little bit better value, especially dude, if Derek Carr ends up in New York with the jets and that roster, I mean, that could be a little bit of a resuscitation to his fantasy value. Mm Mm-hmm. I like Carr. I think that's a target I will pursue. Uh, also with the point, if he does go to, let's say, Tampa. Now I have my little stack with Godwin and, yep. and Derek Carr. So I definitely like that. Howell, uh, I'm, I'm going to go after Howell, but I'm going to wait because there's a little extra peak to his value right now. Sure. Because at the, on Radio Row, people from the, the commander's camp said that he's their guy. I think that peaked his value a bit. Yep. I've done a couple startups where uh, I've noticed he was drafted higher even than I thought. So I'm going to wait just a second, wait till maybe the draft process. Cause let's say the commanders take a quarterback in four or five. I think that will supplant. I think that will suppress his value enough where I might be able to get a deal done. Uh, a quarterback we're going to bring up and please don't laugh at me, Nate, be gentle with me. A quarterback that I've thought about going after because I would imagine he's definitely free is Mormon Mahomes. Should I, should I make a move for, for Zach Wilson, you know, to just, if I could get him for nothing, is there, is there, you know, looking through the multiverse, doing the Doctor Strange one million outcomes, is there a path to him being fantasy relevant in the next two or three years? Mm, there is if he gets traded. If he gets traded, okay. it's not going to be possible. in New York. Um, yeah. It is possible. I just, I didn't like Zach Wilson before he was even drafted. Right. I, right. I have a, I have a thing against BYU quarterbacks, not named uh, Steve Young, basically, because yeah. they just, they just tend to not pan out. I mean. Ty Detmer, Heisman winner, mm-hmm. didn't pan out. Uh, BYU quarterback, they, they just don't pan out. But there's a path. I could see him landing with a team like, I don't know, Carolina, and they just basically run him a ton, mm-hmm. short throws, where he could find some relevancy. He's quarterback 45 right now in player profilers dynasty ranking, so you can get him for free. I think right. it's worth it. I think it's absolutely worth it. Offer a fifth-round pick. Right, that's what I'm going to say. Just, just throw out darts at this point. Yep. Like, show, like, do you think it would be good practice to throw out the net, see what I can bring in? Just, you know, looking for your Tyler Hennekes, you know, Zach Wilson's, Drew Locks. Right. Should I just try to get you know that shotgun approach and just see if I can bring in somebody that will maybe make this roster? Because right now, on my team, regardless of best ball, <laughs> I don't have a quarterback that's going to come in with points. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's worth it. It's worth, it's worth the shot. I mean, these, this bench is pretty deep. I mean, you can pretty reliably get rid of Joe Flacco. I mean, he's not gonna, yeah. it's even, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him retire 
this yeah, offseason at some point. That. I can see that. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. You can, you're probably safe. Probably you can drop Matt Ryan, get him off your roster. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't see, like we talked about, I can't see a path to him starting. I can't right, see a path right. to him playing regularly. Or if you can move him. I mean, you could maybe move Flacco for Zach Wilson. I'd probably make that trade. Yeah, just try to take, yep. you know, try try to trade garbage for garbage, and hopefully mm-hmm. my garbage one day gets refined enough that it I can use re- it. Maybe they recycle it. They recycle my garbage. They recycle your garbage. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to have to change my team name here to Recycled Garbage because <laughs> that's kind of what I'm going to be working with here. But I got, I got to ask this. This is my last question in terms of this roster, in terms of the team build uh, at quarterback. Should I – you know, put all draft pick stuff, all my draft pick assets. Should I just start shooting them off and trying to get a quarterback or do I hold on to the one away in hopes that one of those big four fall to me? It depends on what you can get for that one Oh eight, because if you can get a top five quarterback for the one Oh eight, you do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Right. So if I can it. get, if I can jump in another target too, that just kind of is Deshaun Watson. I think his value is a tad deflated and I think he could get back into the top eight conversation, top 10 at the quarterback position in, in Cleveland. So now that we're talking, that might be a target, but you're also saying though, don't be shy with the one away. Don't yep. hold, hoard the one away. Be right. okay with I'm, throwing it out there. I'm very much a proponent of known assets over, unknown assets and draft picks to me are very much unknown assets. I mean, mm-hmm. look at, look at how high we were taking Malik Willis in rookie drafts. Oh my Lanta. I mean, <laughs> I, this is a side note, but last year it seemed like there was a lot of people calling for uh, drafts, rookie drafts before the NFL draft to put your scouting to the test. And then there were a lot of one Oh three selections of Malik Willis, one Oh four of Sam Howell, one Oh five of Matt yeah. Corral. And everyone said, I just pissed away a round one pick. In Dynasty. So let's wait until after the rookie draft. I mean the NFL draft because that was chaotic last year. There was there were some bad picks, obviously. And we don't know. We don't know exactly what could happen. But I'm gonna be not I'm not gonna hoard my picks because I tend to agree with what you just said. I call them fun coupons. I like to call my draft picks fun coupons because in the in the heat of a battle when you're trying to win, you can trade what is literally nothing to that season. Four points. Mm-hmm. So I know exactly. this is the this is the season where this is a little different because they are going to be names will be attached to these fun coupons in short order. But well, and I know that th- I, I know a lot of people have this mindset in Dynasty where it's like younger, 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 younger. Right. I like to win. I like to win too. <laughs> so I have no problem completely overhauling a roster with veterans to win mm-hmm. today. If I think. If Tom Brady had come back, we know he might not be the best quarterback at 46, but we know that he's going to produce 5,000 mm-hmm. yards and 30 or 40 touchdowns. I would have traded for Tom. I did it last season. I traded for Tom Brady in Dynasty because Massive. I wanted I wanted to win. I didn't want to get younger. I can get younger anytime. I can make moves to get younger at any mm-hmm. time. I want to win. Yeah, the, I think that's one of the biggest fallacies in Dynasty in terms of youth. It, what's what? Why would you rather have a 24-year-old over 28-year-old if the 24-year-old is 40% of the producer as the older guy? Like, right. Every year can be its own equation. And what I think a lot of the times people do in Dynasty is they love to solve long algebraic type questions. It makes, you know, they're smart. They make sense. I'm not that smart. So I like to simplify it to a whole bunch of addition and subtraction problems. Year to year, does he help me? Does he not? Is he stashable? Is he not? Things like that. Really simplify it to me. I'm not, I'm not touching those algebraic questions where I'm going to, you know, a lot of people are like, I'll take this asset and I'll, you know, I'll leverage it for this asset. And they're using these terms that I pretend to know, but be honest, I don't really 
right now. So I just go with it. So, yeah, I think that that is the approach I'm going to take here where I'm going to be obviously keep the future in mind because this team's a long way for being a contender out of the gate. But also, when I look at the 108, this team wasn't the worst team in the league last year if it was the 108. Uh, you know, maybe they, maybe it was. Maybe like, I can't remember if we do a, you know, like a loser's bracket type of thing and this team is the worst, so I lost in the loser's bracket and I'm here. Possible. I mean, look at this roster. <laughs> Terrible. But the 108, uh, I think um, – I'm going to use it to try to get some players, but I think uh, you would agree that the best strategy I can kind of deploy here is take one and try to get two. Take two, try to get three, yep. fatten up this roster, and go after some quarterbacks. So that's what I'm going to do. And I really right. appreciate you helping me out here. Very, you know, it's it, it's my show, though. I can be a little selfish if I want. You know, yeah. I wanted to help yeah, someone yeah. else out, but sometimes charity starts at home. And I got, I need some help. Look at this damn roster, Nate. It's terrible. <laughs> you needed help, man. I'm happy to help. <laughs> I'm so glad I got you on here because look at this. You can look, win with – I'm telling this. you, you can win with this. Just make some moves and you can win with this roster, Matt. Okay. All right. I'm going to take your word for it. I'm very excited to hear to hear you say that, and I trust you. I think you're very smart in your well, fantasy uh, uh, ability, so I'm 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 pretty happy we're hearing this. Uh, Harry Snowman's in the chat. He says, "Is this the Invitational?" No, it's not the Invitational, which is the Trade Gods Invitational. This is not the roster. I got a way better roster than that one because I'm coming for you, boys. I'm coming for that dub. I didn't I didn't just go young. I, I'm coming for it here. So that that's going to be it, and that's going to wrap up the real life breakdown of an orphan roster and things that we can do to take it over. Just like that league, all of my leagues are on sleeper. It's the best platform for dynasty seasonal best ball. It doesn't matter. You can customize it. It's easy to use. The app is so slick. If my bonehead friends can do it, so can you and yours. So make sure you're taking all your leagues to sleeper. And this year they introduced weekly games, some over under props on the players that you know best. That will be back for 2023. And if you use the promo code Underworld, you can get a deposit match up to $100. Absolute steal. So take all your leagues to Sleeper because it's the best platform around to put your fantasy leagues on. And if you like the prop bet game, you want to bet on the guys that you know best, use the promo code Underworld and get a deposit match up to $100. So show's almost over, Nate. Thank you so much for coming on. But before we do, I like to assign homework assignments to these guys and girls that are listening. Something that they could take home and work on. And today's homework assignment, again, is a very selfish one. Send me some comments. Send me some messages of what I can do with this terrible roster to improve it. Take the lessons you've learned from Nate here today in terms of the practice of an open roster and the general thoughts that he brought up. Give me your thoughts. Help your boy out and win this league i i can't, it's one of the underworld patreon leagues i jumped in and this roster stinks so your homework assignment boys and girls and i'd like it passed in promptly okay i know next week's vacation for a lot of people but i need it i need to help now so that's your homework assignment and my final thought nate do you have any final thoughts before we sign off thanks for having me on man this has been a blast uh, anything i can do with player profiler is always fun my new yes. home my new home um thanks for having me man i appreciate it oh, absolutely oh, love having you on Check out my other podcast, the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, every Tuesday at 9.30 Eastern on YouTube. Absolutely. Check it out. Nate is awesome. He's got such a good mind for fantasy. And make sure you drop him some questions so he can answer on Mr. Fantasy. Coming yes. out every Thursday, right? Every Thursday at noon. Every Thursday, noon Eastern. I will oh, be there. Baby. Oh, what a Thursday lineup. We got Mr. Fantasy in the day and Trade Gods at night. Holy cannoli. You guys all thought you had no football on Thursday? <laughs> Player profiler has got you. My final thought is going to just reiterate what Nate said. Fantasy football is supposed to be fun. 
when there are these orphan rosters or your own rosters, if you find yourself not having fun, don't be afraid to reach out to your league mates and, and just try to talk through it. Maybe it's something that you can resolve. Maybe it's something that you're kind of just projecting that you just are uncomfortable with and something you could fix. Because at the end of the day, I know we like to talk about it. We take it very seriously. We like to have fun with it. But it's meant to be enjoyable. It's meant to be a hobby, an outlet in which we can kind of just get together with buddies, get together with some, some of our closest friends, and, and just talk football and make trades have some fun so football fantasy football is not fun don't make yourself do it it's not worth it it's not worth that pain so that's going to be my final thought and that is going to wrap up episode 23 of the game plan before we say sayonara on this beautiful saturday nate please tell everyone listening where they can find you on socials and where they can find all your content so you can find me at Nate Paulbutt on Twitter, same on Instagram. I'm on Facebook as well. You can find me on all those platforms, LinkedIn, if that's your thing, I'm around there. Uh, occasional TikToker, but not good at it. I don't <laughs> you know. You fi- had, you've had some gems on the profile underscore NFL. Well, that's the one because we have the snow was fantastic. So that's because we have Aaron to do the that's editing. True. My Aaron personal, is my personal is not great. My personal is not great. It's screenshots most of the time. <laughs> uh, you can find my written work and you can find a lot of video content on in between media in dash between media.com and our YouTube channel. And of course you can find me at least two days a week here on player profiler, mm-hmm. both on Thursday, first noon Eastern for dear Mr. Fantasy. And then I always love to join Jack Cavan on player profiler today. So I'm there every Thursday as well. I love that Thursday show with you and Jack. I mean, Jack's just one of the best in the business. I love Jack's, Jack's the man. Jack's the man. Jack is absolutely the man. I'm so glad that I've had a couple of chances to collab with him, and I hope I can do it a million more times because Jack is the man. And so are you, Nate. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your Saturday morning to come chop it up and to come over here and help your boy out with that terrible roster, that stank-ass roster. So thank you so much. And make sure you like this video and subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. And while you're at it, please follow me on Twitter. I'm at Matty Kiwum. And follow both of the Player Profiler TikTok accounts at Player Profile and profile underscore nfl if you love fantasy football and if you're watching us you obviously do be sure to join the player profiler discord channel where me and a ton of the members of the underworld are talking fantasy 24 7 keep game planning my friends and i will see you next week peace